Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. Good morning. Welcome to Real Presence Radio, Real Presence Live. That's a mouthful. <laughs> I am your host for this morning, this Monday morning, beautiful morning. After a pretty rough weather last night, this is Mark Holcraft with Father Jason Leffer. And we are joining you from Crookston, Minnesota. This is a very exciting day uh, for one of the dioceses within the Real Presence Radio Network, the Crookston Diocese. Uh, so blessed. Father Jason Leffer and I, we got to be here last night. We joined uh, with uh, Bishop Andrew Cousins, the bishop designate for the Diocese of Crookston, to be installed today. We joined them for the evening prayer last night uh, and the reception after. And Father, it was awesome. The, the, the key word for me was joy. Yes, uh, Archbishop yeah. Hebda spoke about, he took the word rejoicing, spoke about joy. It went through everything. And you could, you could feel the joy radiating throughout the cathedral. It, and everybody who's there, I could, myself, I was beaming. It was. was, it, was there, beaming. it didn't matter how cold or windy or snowy it was. It wasn't going to knock down the joy. Yeah. And it was cold and windy and snowy. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody, including a few of the bishops, had stories about how they made it or almost made it. On right, time. <laughs> right. It's true. It's true. And uh, Father Leffer mentioned uh, the bishops. It, it was a gift. It was a gift for us. It's a gift for the church when we see uh, the bishops come together, praying together, uh, just enjoying a brotherhood and fellowship together. And some of those bishops are going to be with us this morning, right? And so uh, numerous bishops came in, I say numerous, uh, probably about eight to ten yeah, came yeah. in yesterday. We're expecting, I think, a couple more today. Um, but even some of those bishops that will join us this morning, our very own Bishop Fulda from the Diocese of Fargo will be with us as a guest. Uh, bishop Cousins, so the Bishop Desnett will be with us. Really, he's one of our first guests, he and his mother. And I'd say more importantly, his mom. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get the real scoop with Second, mom Judy. You know? Judy, are you listening? Did you just hear that? <laughs> so, uh, but, so Bishop Andrew Cousins, uh, we will later today, we'll have Bishop DeGroote with us from the Diocese of Sioux Falls. And they were, they were classmates. Bishop DeGroote yeah. and Bishop Cousins. Yes, in seminary okay. they knew each other. So there's kind of this competition about them becoming, I don't know that's, if that's the right word, no. but <laughs> getting, becoming bishops and getting their own see and so forth. You yeah. know, but they're truly good friends who have been through seminary, priesthood, being bishops, supporting one another. It's a true brotherhood there. Yeah, it's yeah. Beautiful and, stories. And both former priests for the, diocese, the Archdiocese, Minneapolis, yeah, St. Paul, yeah. before they were named bishops. Uh, and then we have uh, the other bishop, Archbishop Christophe Pierre, the Apostolic Nuncio. And so we're very excited to have him this morning as well. Um, yes. Uh, so we're excited, but before we go any further, <laughs> Father Jason, you get Father Jason, he's signaling to me, we got to pray. <laughs> Amen to that. We're going to pray. Father, can you lead us? Absolutely. Let's invoke the, the, the Holy Spirit here. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. God, our Father in heaven, we praise you, we worship you, we adore you, we glorify you. We give you thanks. May we be your great glory. Heavenly Father, on this, this brisk, brisk December 6th Saint, Feast of St. Nicholas, with all the new snow laying about, may you send your Holy Spirit, Lord, and giver of life into our hearts, our minds, our imaginations, our memories. Inspire our ears and our hearts to be listening, uh, receptive to the, the Word of Christ, and, and just fill us with that joy, that joy of 
the good shepherd who comes and provides for us perfectly. We ask all of this through Christ our Lord. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. St. Nicholas. Pray for us. Awesome. Father, thank you so much. So, uh, today's the Feast of St. Nicholas. You, you, you gave him a shout out. Now, uh, hey, so I saw you, you're here, your whole family's here, your whole troop. I saw, yeah. I saw them there last night. They're, did you put your shoes out last night? They put their yeah, shoes out? absolutely did. did. Hotel wasn't going to knock that down. <laughs> and the kids were going to make sure that we're there. <laughs> so last night, uh, Sophia, our youngest, she's five years old. Uh, when I got back from evening prayer and whatnot, she was already in bed. And it's probably 10, 30, 11. And I, uh, I said, hi, Sophia. And lights are out. And she's laying down in bed, and she's like, hi, Dad. I'm not tired at all, and I can't go to sleep. And I was like, so I'm thinking, are you that excited for the installation tomorrow? <laughs> no. <laughs> so I said, uh, well, what, what's going on? Like, what do you, what? I can't go to sleep because I can't wait to see what's at our shoes tomorrow. Nicholas is coming tonight. And I was like, yes. So... You know, cousin, sorry, but that might have been more exciting for the five-year-old. Yeah. You know, and it is interesting how this affects people. So on uh, uh, Saturday, I was meeting with parents, preparing them to for their help their children make their first confessions, and and the, a local town, Park River, was having their uh, their Christmas Santa Claus days, I guess it was or whatever. And the, the parents are telling them, like, yeah, the kids, are, we got to get home. The kids are so excited, we're going, and because uh, Santa Claus is going to be there with his reindeer. You know, I, I said, oh, well, we're, that's awesome. Real reindeer, yeah. Where are they getting them from? And this mom looks at me and puts her hands from Santa Claus, the North Pole father. It's <laughs> like, oh, exactly. yeah, exactly. Do not ruin this. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, so yeah, we put the shoes out. Um, Any coal? No. Okay. No coal. So I, in my room last night, they're very gracious. There was some coal in the form of chocolate with chippers inside. Oh, <laughs> it, was, it was absolutely delicious. That's awesome. That's a good kind of coal. <laughs> absolutely. It's different, different types. Well, we might, uh, the, the whole craft kids might come a little later. So maybe we can even ask them. You know, Mark, I have to say, like, I, I've known you uh, across the years and so forth from when you're a vibrant basketball player on the courts. Oh, right, we teamed up. I mean, three, yeah, three when three I lived tournaments first, and all that, too. You know, married a new life forever. So I was so happy for you when you moved to Ohio and all that. But I'm so much happier now that you're back here. And oh, to see you. you and Meredith and all the kids last night, it was, it was a real treat to see all of you awesome. here together. So thank you. Real blessing. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It's, it, well, it's, it's a gift. And, and you know, and in, in the whole, like, more and more people are just really wanting to be out. And so you re-engage people that you haven't seen in years. And really, coming back last night for me a little bit was a little bit of reunion-esque. You know, having formerly been in the Diocese of Crookston, well, you, people. you personally have connections to this town, this diocese, Absolutely. and to and to Bishop Cousins. What what are those connections? So the connections from the diocese. I used to be a parish youth minister and then diocesan youth minister, um, and over those years, and that was after I served a couple of years of net ministries, and that's where initially my connection with Bishop Andrew Cousins started when he was Deacon Cousins, because uh, he had served as a missionary with net a few years before I did, but then we just kept running into each other over the year because of ministry. Yeah. You know, whether it was at the same event or conference that I'd see him, maybe he was a speaker over the years. But then when he was a formator at the seminary, St. Paul's Seminary in the Archdiocese, um, some of the priests from the Diocese of Crookston got to know him. And when they were ordained, so for example, Father Adam Hamness, whom we've been praying for, uh, Father Hamness, when he was ordained, Bishop Cousins had come up. Um, and so just lots of connections like that over the years. Yeah. But then most recent 
uh, when I worked with Net Ministries, when I was in Cincinnati, he was the chair of their board. And so in a certain way, he was the boss of my boss. So there's a little bit of an accountability with Bishop Cousins roundabout that and way. And his boss is a carpenter. Yeah. Amen yeah. to that. I mean, so. you know, but you said a key word there, which is ministry. And, and Judy, his mom's going to be on here shortly. But last night, she gave this incredible, inspiring talk at the Indeed. little reception. And the key, one of the key things that came through there was ministry. The heart of like, their, their marriage, their family ministry oriented and she gave this powerful um uh, just exhortation to everybody listening that incorporate this into your life the of ministry serving others giving and then and she gave these powerful examples of how it's come to fruition now you know years later like when you're in the midst of it and doing it sometimes you can question like why am i doing this yeah. so yeah. hard or and it's okay don't question it but i'm called to do this here you go and now to be able to reflect on the fruit of an investment that was made 50 years ago, 40 years ago, 30 years ago, you yeah. know, just powerful and beautiful. Yeah, and it was so motherly, wasn't it? I mean, as you know, you and I were sitting in the corner of the uh, restaurant, and as she was talking, I just couldn't help. To really be, be kind of moved by the, the maternal nature. She couldn't help herself, <laughs> yeah. you know, even from the, from the very beginning. Um, her, her motherly love was, I just want you, want you to know that your, your new bishop is so excited to be here, but he has allergies. <laughs> so to, just to and, care for him. Okay, and I, not to steal too much thunder, because she has so much thunder, we're not going to, but she connected that. And I, what I thought was so beautiful about it was she wasn't just kind of like trying to expose him like he's got mm -hmm. this weakness, but she, gave, she explained in his life he has real weaknesses. And as a mother informing his life, she made it very clear when he was he was he was a young boy that these weaknesses are for your good and and she said this is proving to you that you do not need every good thing to make you happy yeah that you're going to learn happiness not not in spite of your weaknesses but through your weaknesses and 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 then she connected I love it with celibacy she said mm -hmm. this was the training as a boy to be a happy celibate man who is joy-filled and giving you know in in life and, and I, th I took that away from that that where, that statement she made about that you do not need every good thing for happiness for true happiness and and archbishop hebda connected that in his talk about joy last you night bet. this existential joy that even in the midst of suffering a true christian like he he or she experiences joy, this existential joy in the midst of sacrifice and suffering. And as he was doing that, there's this beautiful crucifix of Jesus Christ right behind him, where it's, right. it's beautiful, it's glorious, right? But it's pain and suffering. And so there you can see that model of this existential joy, which means joy throughout. Yes. Okay. Yes. Even in the midst of, of uh, you know, pain and suffering. So. You, know, you and I had a little chance to talk about that last night. And so in my prayer this morning, uh, the image that came up that kind of started to go there uh, was the image of the divine mercy, that the source of mercy, you know, we're talking about joy, but then the source of mercy is the same source for which the joy is. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and through, through the suffering, through the cross. Uh, yeah. it was, so I was, I was brought back yeah. um, this morning, uh, brought back to last night. Speaking of St. Uh, Nicholas and gifts being left, look what St. Nicholas just brought to us. Yep. <laughs> A gift just walked into the door. We are joined 
uh, by Bishop Andrew Cousins' mother this morning, uh, Judy Cousins. Good morning, Judy. How are you? Oh, I'm good. I'm cold. Yeah, <laughs> it, is, it is cold. So last night was snowy, windy, but the temperature dropped. And so I think we woke up to seven below, yeah. and I think it's going to be zero degrees uh, come right around one o'clock. You know, here's the good news about that. When you have a horrible storm, you wake up and it's clear like that. You know the cold front's gone through, and what that means... All the danger's gone besides the deathly cold. So you're going to have good roads. You're going to have safe travels. You're going to have clear visibility. And now we get on with life. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I hope I hope that's the case. I hope as people, they're not too deterred from the cold and the roads as they're heading up now. You know, some people were delayed. Mm-hmm. But people would come in for Bishop Cousins. But Judy, uh, Father Leffer and I were just talking about your short uh, talk last night at the reception. And it's, it's a joy to have you. So... First, just share a little bit about yourself with our guests, or I'm sorry, with our listeners. Well, I've been married um, 56 years. Jack and I met in Montana, and so, um, you know, on our first date, he took me, um, when we went out at the end of the evening, he said, I'm not looking for a date, I'm looking for a wife who will kneel beside me in church. I went home and called my parents, and I said, I've met the man I'm going to marry tonight. Wow, (laughs) and that was the first date. (laughs) <laughs> no, Judy, you mentioned Montana. Yeah. No, so Bishop Cousins told me the story about how he was the, the city cousin who'd go home to the farm in Montana. <laughs> and, and, and is it true that all his cousins made him pick rocks? Is yes. that true? Oh, yes, we did. <laughs> all sorts of things. <laughs> you know, it, it, he was a city kid, you know, in the family, so it was wonderful. But he always loved his time on the farm. And it's sort of a riot because my family lives near U.S. too. Yes. In Montana. Which is right here. And so you could get on this road and just drive a thousand miles or so, and you'd be <laughs> right in Chester, Montana. <laughs> so, Judy, in your background, you're, are you, is it, you're the president of the Sarah Club, is that correct? I'm a past president. Thank oh, you, okay. Lord. Okay. <laughs> can, can you tell yeah. the listeners, what, what's that? What's that uh, all about? Sarah is an organization that works for promotion of vocations. We work to promote religious vocations, affirm religious vocations, and grow in our own holiness. And Sarah is named after Father Hunipro Sarah, who founded the missions in California. And we felt like he brought the faith to our country. And the four men who met in 1930s in Seattle, they went ahead and um, formed this organization and to promote religious vocations. And in 1952, we were uh, adopted by the Vatican as a lay apostolate, and we're the only lay apostolate of the Catholic Church. Wow. So, okay, Judy, we're, we're going to have to just push pause for now. We're going to take a, just a couple minute break sure. here. Um, you're listening uh, to Real Presence Live. Our guest right now is Judy Cousins, and we will soon be joined by her son, uh, Bishop Andrew Cousins. Normally we'd say, you know, Bishop Designate or Bishop to be, uh, but he is already a bishop. And we're going to even talk about, so what's the difference between today? Today we keep saying it's an installation. So stay with us and we'll discover more of what that difference is. Uh, stay tuned. Real Presence Live. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hi, I'm Carrie Dew, the Executive Director of Riverview Place in Fargo. The blessing of our foundation built on faith and our sense of fellowship strengthens our sense of safety, security, and community. 
This is what the region has come to rely on at Riverview Place for the past 35 years. We'd love to have you join us. Call 701-237-4700 to set up a tour today or check us out at homeishere.org. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. Have interruptions impacted your charitable giving? If you feel like you have less to give this year or are waiting until you get through these recent challenges, we want to let you know about some creative gift options that won't cost you a dime this year. For example, you could designate Real Presence Radio as the beneficiary of all or percentage of your IRA or make RPR beneficiary of a percentage of your estate or specific asset. Make a bequest commitment gift this year without impacting your savings or investments. To learn more about the benefits of making a charitable bequest, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. Do you know a priest who has made a difference in your life or at your parish? One who has helped you through a loss, discern an important decision, or celebrated the sacraments with you and your family? Real Presence Radio would like to know about these amazing priests. Visit our website at realpresenceradio.com contact to nominate your priest. And each week on Real Presence Live, we will recognize one of our priests with a dozen donuts generously donated by a local business. Help us honor our fathers by nominating your priest today. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. Monday morning, cold and chilly, but the Holy Spirit is moving and alive. This is Mark Holcraft, your host with... Father Jason Leffer and St. Nicholas has brought us many gifts today. He has. He has, and he's delivered another one that just came into the room this morning. Um, but before you left for the break, we were speaking with uh, Judy Cousins, mother to Bishop Desinet Andrew Cousins. Um, so, Judy, would you like to introduce your son? Oh, sure. I'm thrilled to introduce my son. This is my youngest son, and his, na- his name, we call him Drew. And, but his name, when he went to meet the Pope the first time, the Pope said, what's your name? And he said, Drew. And then he said, what's your name? And finally, he said, Andrew. And the Pope said, that's a beautiful name. So Drew said, maybe I should be called Andrew. <laughs> so sure. when you see him, please call him Andrew. And he's a wonderful young man. He's young to me. You know, when you're 77, everybody's young. But he's a wonderful young man who's going to serve you well. And I'm happy he's going to be here. And he's excited about it, too. So thank, go ahead, Thank Drew. you, Mom. I'm delighted to be here with you. <laughs> thank you. That was Pope St. John Paul II when I right. met him. Yes. And I was a seminarian, and I said, Hello, Holy Father, my name is Drew. And he said, Huh? <laughs> Drew. And he said, Huh? And I said, Andrew. Andrew, he said. So then I decided I would be Father Andrew after that. You know, I'm really struck by... I was thinking about this the other day. We just had the Feast of St. Andrew, or the Feast of St. Nicholas. Now, is it true, like, does the... Does Rome try to get installations and ordinations on feasts of bishops? So in that uh, moment when the papal nuncio calls you and tells you that you are the uh, a bishop and uh, that you're going to be placed someplace, then there's a discussion about what the date is. But it's a tradition to try to do it on a feast day. And I had suggested the Feast of St. Andrew, being that's my patron, 
but the Bishop of um, Brooklyn already had that day. So <laughs> the Papal Nuncio had to be in Brooklyn on November 30th. So then we came up with the next good day, which was today, December 6th. Yeah, and they're both bishops anyway. That just, But it struck me, your name and this. And I, I know, I think you said that uh, December 6th and December 8th are very key dates for your life. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, so I was ordained a bishop the first time. Uh, today I'll be installed, but I was ordained a bishop on December 9th. Uh, but it was the Feast of the Immaculate Conception that year because this, the 8th fell on a Sunday, and so then it gets transferred to Monday. And so it was uh, the Feast of the Immaculate Conception, Monday, December 9th. And both times I got the call relatively close. The first time the call came on the Feast of St. Therese, October 1st, and the second, this time it came on October 4th, the Feast of St. Francis. So. And you have some awesome connections to Crookston itself. Could you give our listeners just kind of a little history here? Yeah, I was joking last night that, you know, 30 years ago I started out as a net missionary as we were sent out from St. Paul, and we, were sent, we would go to a diocese for about a month. And we would, uh, you know, spend a month doing retreats in that diocese for all the young people in the parishes and schools. And so my first diocese on the road was Crookston, uh, Minnesota. I didn't even know where it was at the time, but I found out. And our first retreat was in Barnesville, the southern tier of the diocese. And we gradually worked our way all throughout the diocese. We drove a ton that month, but we were everywhere. We did the diocesan youth conference that month, but we were, you know, everywhere from War Road to Thief River Falls to Black Duck to Bemidji to Crookston itself. In fact, uh, I w- when I did the first day when I walked into the cathedral school here in Crookston to greet the kids of the school, the first day I was named bishop, I, was, I said to myself, I did a net retreat in this room for the high school students of Crookston at that time. So. Isn't that incredible? Yep. And for our listeners listening, so we're net ministries. Uh, some of you may have heard of that. Net stands for National Evangelization Teams. It's a Catholic youth ministry apostolate, really youth evangelization apostolate, um, which myself, I served as a missionary as well a few years after Bishop Andrew Cousins did. Um, and only the Lord knew. Only the Lord knew, um, I'm preparing a place for you here. <laughs> you know, so it's marvelous. It's a marvelous story. Yeah, I, I was saying last night that I, I think of life as a pilgrimage to the Father's house, you know, and you never know where that pilgrimage is going to lead you. And certainly if you would have come up to me back in 1991 when I was in the Christian Diocese and said, one day you'll be back here as the bishop, I would have looked at you, like, at you as if you had two heads. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What, and so, Bishop, earlier you had indicated, uh, so you've been installed. Can you explain to us what's the difference uh, of the installation and ordination and, and just what's going on? There? And even those things you signed last night, what was that all about? Yeah, yeah so, uh, um, so the, the ordination and the installation. So uh, there are three degrees of the Sacrament of Holy Orders, right? Deacon, priest, and bishop. And so you only receive that once. So I was ordained a bishop to be an auxiliary bishop in the Archdiocese of St. Paul, Minneapolis, back in 2013 on December 9th. But then if you're transferred to another see, or diocese as we call them, then, uh, then you're installed in that um, diocese as the bishop of that diocese. And only the Pope can do that. So it's a formal decree of the Holy Father and the, the papal nuncio got here yesterday. That's where we were really concerned that he gets here because he's got the decree from the Holy Father. He can't do this without that. So um, he showed up yesterday with the, with the parchment from the Holy Father. It's a letter written to me. It's called a papal bull. And that letter decrees me to be the Bishop of Crookston. It actually says in there, I break the bond that you had with the Archdiocese of St. Paul, Minneapolis, and I form a bond with the Diocese of Crookston, because we think of it in that sense like a marriage, right? Um, so it's covenantal language, actually. Yeah, exactly. So you're, you're, you, know, you become you know, espoused to this new local church, basically. 
And so, but part of that is always whenever you accept a new office in the church, we have what's called the oath of fidelity in the profession of faith. And so last night at Vespers, after the homily, I renewed the same oath of fidelity that I had taken when I was ordained a bishop and the profession of faith. And the, the bishop's oath of fidelity is different than all the other ones. It mentions a few other things like, I will go to all legitimately summoned councils, so if there's Vatican III, I have to go. <laughs> I'm hoping there's not, but if there is, I have to go. And then uh, it mentions also the care that you have to give to all the people of the diocese. And as one of the bishops said to me, you know, it's quite a job description when you actually read the thing. Um, but then the beautiful thing after that is the profession of faith. And I was thinking as I prayed that last night, every bishop really since the 300s has prayed those exact same words. Every bishop in, in the history of the wow. church. And, you know, that was, that, that was the Nicene-Constantinople Creed, and it's been the creed of the church since, you know, uh, really the early 300s. And so to, to think the, of the history there and the continuity and what it means to be part of one faith, not just across the world, but throughout time. So on that note, you have this beautiful coat of arms. Could you, first of all, tell us what's a coat of arms and please tell us about yours because I, I, I'm so inspired by it. Yeah, the coat of arms is, uh, is a symbol that helps represent the life and the ministry of the bishop. And uh, usually it shows up on things like, uh, it's on, now it's on the cathedra in the Diocese of Crookston, and it's we, we, on a crozier. We better define that word. Cathedra is the chair where the bishop sits. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's actually how I become the bishop. When I sit in the chair today is the moment I become the bishop. So um, that's the big de deal. But the, the coat of arms is designed, there's, uh, every diocese has a coat of arms, and then every bishop has a coat of arms. And so when you become the bishop of diocese, they're merged together to become one. And, and there's so, that marriage theme again, or that exactly, covenant theme. Exactly. And so the idea is, yeah, that the two become one. So the, on the left is the, of the, my coat of arms now is the coat of arms of the Diocese of Crookston, which has the two croziers and the cross and the red waves for, of course, the Red River, right? And then on my coat of arms, there's the cross of St. Andrew, which is an X. So that's a sign of St. Andrew. And then it forms kind of four sections and so the top section is the mountains where I grew up of Colorado and the bottom section is the blue waves for the Mississippi River because I was pre I was ordained a bishop of St. Paul Minneapolis of course it's beautiful now because the Mississippi River starts in the Diocese of Crookston <laughs> and so it brought me even further into the Mississippi River and then on the, uh, the sides and in the center are the three hearts so the heart of Jesus the heart of Joseph and the heart of Mary and then my motto is lend us your heart. So it's this idea that we want to learn to love with the heart of Jesus and the heart of Joseph and the heart of Mary. I think most of us are, we're familiar with like the Sacred Heart and the Immaculate Heart. And we, is, we have two more days of, of the year of St. Joseph. Could, could you, why the heart of Joseph? Where does that come from? How did that happen? Um, yeah, just because St. Joseph's been an important person in my own life and he is the patron of bishops uh, because of, I didn't know that. Yeah, this idea. St. John Paul II actually in his letter on bishops, his official encyclical letter, mentions that the, um, you know, St. Joseph is a model for bishops because of the, the care that he gave for the Holy Family and the, the Holy Family being this model of the church, Mary and Jesus, and how sensitive he has to be to be able to 
provide and care and protect the Holy Family. And so this is an, an image for bishops. So that was actually one other thing I was hoping for when I got the call on October 4th, that I would still be appointed or installed during the year of St. Joseph. And so we couldn't do it on December 8th because that's a holy day of obligation and all the priests have to work, but we did it a couple of days before. Okay, now here, this might, might be our last question. We're running out of time here, but so very important, essential and it'll bond you to your, your, your flock here in the Crookston Diocese. There's a particular section of the Crookston Diocese that you really love. And the Northwest you, Angle. And you <laughs> tend to go that direction once a year. Can you tell us your affinity for, for the Northwest Angle? Yeah, well, I'm just excited that I get to boast of having the more than most point of the continental United States in my diocese. So. But I also, I love, I love the water and I love the North Woods, you know, so I spend a lot of time in the, in the boundary waters. So I already told the seminarians we're going to have to do a canoe trip from War Road up to the Northwest Angle <laughs> because I heard the Knights of Columbus have built a beautiful chapel up there. And so we'll hope to visit that and place. And to, to help people understand that you're a real man with real, real things, I, you know, you gave these beautiful reflections about the Boundary Waters on retreat. And so could you just tell us wh- why, why the Boundary Waters? What's, how, what does that mean to you? Yeah, I mean, man? so much about it, but um, some of it is the spirit of adventure. So just trying to do things that are adventurous, and, but also just seeing being in the woods and being with nature and seeing God and, um, you know, how... Uh, basically how we experience God in the midst of his beauty, the beauty of his creation, you know, in ways that we can't experience in other ways. You know, as we wrap this up, could, for us and everyone who's listening today on this beautiful day, could, could you give us your blessing, Bishop? Absolutely. May the blessing of Almighty God descend upon all of you and remain with you forever, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank Amen. you all very much. Please pray for me. Absolutely, we will. We will. Bishop Cousins, thank you so much for being with us this morning. Uh, when we come back from this next break, we still have Bishop Cousins' mother with us for a few more minutes. That's Judy Cousins. And she's going to share with us a little bit more what is it like being a mother of a bishop? Because she has the experience, because as, as Bishop Andrew Cousins said already, uh, he's already been an auxiliary bishop for the Archdiocese. Um, so we're, when we come back, more with Judy Cousins. Stay with us. Live, engaging, and local. This is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. One of the region's most recognized holiday traditions, Christmas at the Cathedral presents Be Born in Me, featuring Shane McConnell, Shelley Jennings, music director Dan Goler, and actress Apollonia Davalos. Six productions, December 16th through the 19th at the Cathedral of St. Joseph. Get your tickets today at all Sioux Falls High V locations or online at ccfesd.org. Don't miss this inspiring Christmas celebration. Christmas at the Cathedral. Did you know you can listen to the RPR Network when you're on the go? Just search for Real Presence Radio in your app store. Listen live to any station across the network at any time so you can stay connected to your local community from wherever you are. Plus, if you miss a program, the Real Presence Radio app is your one-stop shop for local and national podcasts, including our signature show, Real Presence Live. The Real Presence Radio app, with you every step of your faith journey. Download it today and see what you've been missing. I think all we have to do is look around. People are hungering for God, and they don't even know what people are so lost in our world that has tolerance for everything except for Christianity. And... Um, about a year and a half ago, we sponsored a couple into the church, and right at the beginning of RCI, we said, tune in to Catholic Radio. 
And they did, and they're on fire for their faith. They go to every Catholic event, even before they join the church, they're daily communicants. And um, the wife prays the rosary with Catholic Radio, and it's just, people want that so badly, even when they don't know it. That's what they're missing. This is Sister Bridget from the Diocese of Rapid City. This is Rowdy Benson from Sacred Heart Parish in Morristown, South Dakota. Thank you for listening to Real Presence Radio. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. This is your host, Mark Holcraft, co-hosting with... And his sidekick, Father Leffer. Sidekick. (laughs) Uh, It's been a joy to be with you this morning, Father Leffer. It's so good. Uh, we just had Bishop Cousins, Bishop Andrew Cousins. Uh, you know, we could still say Bishop Designate for uh, about four hours, four and a half hours, something like that. Maybe three and a half hours, right? Um, could you feel the joy? Oh, it's, I mean, it's just, I don't know. It, it's even tangible. Judy is just brilliant. So I, I can't help but just smile here. It's just so much joy. It's tangible. It's so good. And there's a lot of people are excited. It's just, um, it's a great atmosphere. Last night, in a certain sense, it was electric last night. You know, in that and way. Mark, you and I off air, we, we were able to talk about things, but just that whole. The whole thing about God the Father, Bishop Cousins said, I see life as a journey to the Father's house, the God the Father, and this is a very concrete, tangible way that God giving a spiritual father. And, you know, and that's from the beginning, that original sin, Satan wanted to undo the authority of the father. And so right. I think the, the real joy here is about not just having a, a good man, a good Christian, a good priest, a, a a good and holy bishop, but just he's he's such a father. He's such a father. I had the privilege of being on retreat with him, and man, he just touches your heart. Just his his example, what comes forth from him, and that that spiritual fatherhood. And it's so lacking in our world. And so I'm just I am so excited for the well, diocese of Christ. Absolutely, and and it, so it shouldn't be a surprise. But I didn't know it either that Saint Joseph is a patron of bishops, and so that fatherly heart is so good. And you think about because um, he's a foster father. And he takes in all these foster children, yeah. right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. He's like, God knows what he's doing. God knows what he's doing. Um, but we're, we're here with his mom. Uh, his mom's been able to stay with us for a few more minutes. So, Judy, thank you so much for taking time because you have a busy day today, too. Uh, but, Judy, so, you know, you shared a little bit earlier. We, we had you introduce uh, Bishop Andrew Cousins. Um, but last night, uh, you, you know, we talked a little bit about that uh, before Bishop mm-hmm. Cousins was able to join us. But both Father Jason and I were kind of struck by some of the insights that you were offered. It, what was the word you used earlier? Your talk was more of a... Um, reflection? Or? Not, not the reflection, but a, an exhortation. Oh, there we go. Mm-hmm. Even though it was brief, mm-hmm. just you really you were exhorting the people from the Diocese of Crookston um, and just some of the stories you were sharing. C- uh-huh. Could you share with us, you, you gave this very powerful insight about when Andrew, Bishop Andrew, was a little boy and he had some weakness. And you, you gave this incredible insight about the power of weakness to hap- why that brings joy or happiness. Right. You know, he had severe allergies. And actually, he was on about 12 foods until he was 10. So any place he went, he had to take his little brown bag and carry his food with him. And he just couldn't eat what other people ate. 
But we always told him, this does not handicap you. This is making you strong. This is making you strong. And I think with our children, sometimes we don't teach them to carry their cross as well. Because mm. if we can teach them to carry their cross, they will be able to do many things in the world. And I actually believe it was a great gift for his religious vocation. Because he knew he didn't have to have everything to be happy in life. He could get by with not having everything and still be a happy, joyful soul. But Judy, I think that's so important because what I hear a lot um, from people that may have, you know, say our age, a little older, if they came up from a background where they say they didn't have much, they just want to give their kids everything. I just want to yeah. give them what I couldn't have. You know, I hear that all the time. I'm sure, I'm sure we all have heard that. And, and it's, it, what's tricky is it's really, it's, it's a good motivation. It's a desire to care and to love. And mm-hmm. what parent doesn't want to give their kids everything uh, as a way to love? And yet, there's a truer way to love. And that's right. what we're hearing from you. You know, w- one of the things you said that you gave, not just Andrew, mm-hmm. but the whole family, you used this word last night, ministry. Mm-hmm. Could, where did yeah. that come from? Or how did you figure that out? Ministry, and, you know? service. Yeah. ministry yeah. and service. Ministry and service. Yeah. Well, to us, it, it just always seemed... I grew up in a family in Montana on a farm. And... We always made certain everybody had enough food that we knew that didn't have. And we would sometimes just drop off a box on the doorstep of people. And, um, you know, we had a lot of beef. <laughs> we had raised beef cattle and did that. So as, as growing up, you know, we learned that if somebody needed help on the farm, you ran over to their house and helped them. Or you took them stuff. And so that was part of our life. And I think Jack and I, starting out... Uh, two, just decided we'd have a life of service. And I think for our children, we taught them that if you follow God's plan for your life, you'll be happy. You know, some people would say to me, aren't you afraid that he'll be a priest and he'll be unhappy? I said, you want to know what I really think? I'm afraid he might get married and be unhappy. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) If he's called to be a priest. That's right. You've got to follow God's plan for your life. And he knew from a very young age. You know, we had a difficult time carrying him and um, started labor at five months and he had a lot of prayers surrounded his birth. And I'm not going to tell you this wonderful story about his birth because he'll share that with you sometime. But sure. it, it was, it's a beautiful story, a beautiful pro-life story. And so I think one of the things we've always been really active is in pro-life ministry, whether it's working for a home for pregnant teens or whether it's being down at the clinic. You know, today being the Feast of St. Nicholas, and we know the story of him, how he helped others, too, by taking gold and so that mm-hmm. they could be marrying families. And we were talking about St. Joseph the, over the foster child and so forth. Bishop Cousins has an older brother. Right. What, what can you tell us about his older brother? So, Sergi, um, we, we, st- we started a charity called the Fresh Air Plan, sort of a funny name, but it took kids from inner city Denver and gave them vacations with suburban homes. And we tried to take kids that were on welfare in single-parent families and show them a different life. And so Sergi was our fresh air child. And he, we got him when he was about eight years old, and he came a lot. We fell in love with him, and his mother was going through a very difficult time, maybe her third marriage at that time, and just, it was hard. And he spent a lot of times with us. He spent most of the summers with us from then on until he was 12 and one week in a month. And sort of like a big brother, a big sister program, but the whole family was involved. 
But when Sergi was 15, um, when he was about 12, his mother remarried a man, and he was an abusive man. And Sergi was a runaway at 15, and he gave him our name. And at that time, we started, we thought, well, here's this African-American child, and he's seven-day Adventist, and maybe there's somebody in each church. We'll find a home for Serge, and we'll still be there as a support group. And it wasn't, it didn't go so well, and Drew, the 10-year-old at the dinner table, said, I don't understand what the problem is. We have a home, and Sergi needs one. And it's very difficult to get a child who's in a situation like that. His mother was mentally ill, and um, they wouldn't sever her rights. And so we had to go through foster care very quickly to get him. But we did. And, and what, so what did your family, how did Sergi bless your family? What, what did you gain by him being in your family? How did that change oh. your life? Oh, it just changes everything. First of all, we, I must tell you a little funny story. You know, our kids are normal kids, right? We were out looking for a new car when we found out we were going to get Serge. And we're like, you know, no new car. We now have another kid to send to college. <laughs> you know, you know. But one time when Drew got mad at him, now Drew said he, we should have him. One time when Drew got mad at him, he said, and to think we got you instead of a new car. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I love that because it shows you they're real. That you're real, right? That's, what, a real, that's what real brothers do. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So, you know, obviously we're here today because of Bishop Cousins installation. Right. But uh, tell us about your other kids. How many kids do you have? We only have three. It was very difficult for us to have more children, and so Drew was our last. And then um, Sergi joined us when he was 15. And so he always said, you didn't have more mom because I was coming. <laughs> there, there you go. <laughs> now, how, how about uh, and Bishop he's the oldest. Andrew and his sister? What, what kind of stories can you tell oh, us there? Beautiful stories. You know, <laughs> they're a crazy family. They're crazy kids. They actually, um, to help build self-confidence in the children, um, Sergi was, you know, still not as confident as he should be and afraid of heights. Dad decided that he would teach them to climb the Grand Teton so they could learn, you know, something about it. So one summer, we practiced all spring, and the kids were trained in climbing and rock climbing, and Serge, Helen, and Drew climbed the Grand Teton. And it was a life-changing experience for all of them. And uh, just, you know, crazy things, but... When they were up, we circled the plane, the top of the Grand Teton in a little plane, and somebody said, how do you know that you're kids? And I said, well, one's black and two's white. <laughs> so it's interesting, because Bishop was talking briefly about his, his desire for adventure. He loves adventure. Well, he's uh -huh. being nurtured at a young age. Right. Was, okay, right. speaking of adventure, there's a story about him in Australia. How does right. that go? Okay. <laughs> when he was 11 years old, a sister city group came from Australia to visit our city, and the mother and the son stayed with us. And they were a nice Catholic family. And, and Drew's like, I want to go to Australia. And we looked at the price and we said, oh, no, no way. How, how old was he at that time? 11. And so he said, but he went away and he came back. He said, well, I've made a plan. If I were to clean the house for a whole year, because I was a full-time teacher and dad worked too, and we did have somebody come in once a week. He said, if I clean the house, we could save enough money and I could go to Australia. <laughs> And so he did, and he really did a good job. He mopped, he cleaned bathrooms, he changed beds. He Way did everything for one year. At the end of that year, as an 11-year-old, he went off to Australia with the Sister City group by himself. And Weren't you worried? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> you know, 
we've tried to teach our kids to take care of themselves. And even with his asthma and allergies at different things, we made it his problem, not ours. Yeah, yeah. So, well, Judy, we, we need to come to a break pretty soon. Um, but if you would, could you just offer our listeners, a lot of our listeners are listening right now. Um, there's lots of moms, dads that at some level, they were like, this, this is wonderful. Wow, what that would be like to be a mother of a bishop. Now, we have no control, obviously, if our own kids were to be, you know, asked or named or, as uh-huh. Bishop said, told to be a bishop <laughs> earlier. But what would you offer by way of encouragement for in not just young families, middle-aged families, but they're raising their kids but just a point of holiness? Them encourage them to discern what they're doing and even with my grandchildren I give them a blessing I bless you in the name of the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit and I pray you grow to be a holy woman and serve the Lord and one of the boys said do I have to be a priest and I said no be a happy you know be a wonderful man like your father and have seven children be a holy man and so talk to your children about striving for that what is God's plan for your life there's something wonderful out there we didn't I cried when they made him a bishop. You know, I didn't pray for a bishop. I prayed for a priest. And one of my Sarah friends said, you prayed too hard. (laughs) That's why you got a bishop. (laughs) Such a blessing having you with us this morning. Thank you so much for your time this morning. I hope the day is just able to just be filled with a lot of joy. I'm sure it will be. But I also know you're busy. A lot of behind-the-scenes things happening. Um, When we come back... We were blessed with uh, and joined by Bishop DeGroote from the Diocese of Sioux Falls, who I think was a classmate. Oh, and with, a very good uh, friend. Bishop Cousins and very good friend. It's good that you as said a, that because he's says, standing right behind you. Exactly. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so stay with us on Real Presence Live. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.